Well, the left has sunk to a new low. We now have L.A. deputies, sheriff's deputies, being assassinated, literally, walked up to while they're sitting quietly in their radio car and gunned down in cold blood. These two deputies are now fighting for their lives. Two young officers, one a female who's a mother uh, with, I guess, some sort of innate maternal instinct applied a tourniquet to her partner, despite herself having been shot in the jaw, while witnesses did nothing, didn't call the police, and celebrated this thing, saying, wow, they just got wiped out. This is what it's come down to. This is what it has come down to. To add further insult to injury, representatives of this ilk, the BLA, uh, the BLM moves uh, movement, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, showed up at the hospital, blocking the em- entrance to the emergency room and uttering the chant, I hope those you-know-who die. Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury. Welcome to another National Preview Online podcast. If you don't subscribe already, please do. You can find us in the iTunes App Store at NP Online. You can also email us at nationalpreviewonline at gmail.com. Follow our Facebook page, Facebook forward slash National Preview Online, and go to our website. Uh, if you're not an iPhone user, we're still working to try and get us uploaded onto the Google Play Store, but you can always go to our hosting service, podbean.com. You can get their app, which is also free, and I'm sure their app uh, is available in the Google Play Store. And if you do that, you can simply look up NP online, and you can subscribe, and you'll be notified through Podbean whenever we put up a new broadcast. Uh, for those of you who have never listened to the show before, you know that we're uh, a conservative voice for reason, and we've just started a new Facebook group that was created and hosted by our Facebook page, and it is Recall, Investigate, and Prosecute Governor Andrew Cuomo and Mayor Bill de Blasio. We have a very efficient URL, if you wish to go to the page directly, it's simply facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash R period I period P period um, um, Cuomo and de Blasio. So you can get both of that going on. Now, I want to get a little bit more about this. Uh, I want to talk about this fashionable response by the left of simply feeling free to riot uh, and disparage anything they disagree with, but you have to shut up. I'm always marveling how the left is always the ones that talk about tolerance for everybody's viewpoint. They're the ones that feel free to go out and say whatever they want, but you can't say anything that you want about your candidate or else you're you're viewed as a reactionary. Uh, But this is what it's come to. So I want to ask you a question, because I think this is, these are the big questions that the election is going to hinge on. We have police officers now under assault, so we have law and order, the very fabric of a society under assault. People laughing at the attempted assassination of police officers. We have protests and riots throughout this country, not caused by Trump supporters, caused by Trump opponents. 
Now, does anyone think that us on the right liked President Barack Obama? Does anyone think that we were all quite satisfied with his presidency, which is why we were peaceful and civil and we didn't engage in rioting and looting? No, we didn't like him. Personally, I couldn't stand him. I couldn't stomach him. Every time you walked around going to other countries and apologizing for the United States, I couldn't stomach the man. He made me sick to my stomach. And his wife made me equally sick. But he was the president. So you don't riot. You make your arguments. You make your points. You hope to convince people to your viewpoint. And you try and win in the next election. And if you don't, you retool for the next one. But you don't abandon civility. But this is how, I guess, we're supposed to choose presidents from now on. Vote for a candidate, not based on his qualifications or his positions on issues, but based on the fact that his opponents will act civilly and responsibly when their candidate loses. To do this is to submit to blackmail and abandon all pretense of an ordered society. That's the only rationale, blackmail. Submission to blackmail and a validation of anarchy are the only reasons you could possibly use to justify voting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. You have the vice presidential uh, part of the ticket is an out-and-out communist. You have Biden, who may not be an out-and-out communist, but he doesn't know what he is because he doesn't know who he is. The man is clearly suffering from dementia. So the only rationale for voting for them is because you think the violence will end because the violence is, is, is in response to opposition by Trump. You see, this is where it all breaks down. If the violence were taking place because of Trump supporters, that might be a reason to get rid of Trump. Maybe, but I don't think so. But when the violence is being caused by Trump opponents, are you telling me that you want to let people dictate to you who you're going to vote for? You want to submit to blackmail? So that's the big question you have to ask, for you, ask yourself. I think the answer is already being given. Uh, I think that people are aware of this attempt on the left to steal the election by way of these mail-in uh, v- ballots. I've already explained to you the, the peril that this uh, causes. There was a study back in 2009, done by no less than Jimmy Carter and James Baker, a bipartisan study, and they came to the conclusion that mail-in voting was a terrible idea, that it was fraught with the risk of fraud and coercion and should not be undertaken. News agencies and various other uh, educational institutions, I've said before on the show, did studies and came to a similar conclusion. And that was the prevailing viewpoint through most of the uh, political and academic lexicon uh, in this country. That changed only when President Trump came into office because having failed at every other attempt to eliminate him and remove him, they're now going to go for election fraud, and they want to do it by way of mail-in voting. And if you don't think there's fraud going on, if if your mail-in vote is supposed to be as secure and as secretive and as sacred as the vote you cast in person, ask yourself why when you get your ballot, 
If you're a registered Democrat, there's a big D in the coding that identifies your ballot as having been mailed to and coming from a Democrat. And why, if you're a registered Republican, there's a big R in the coding indicating that you are a Republican. Doesn't that lend itself to fraud right there? Aren't the people who deliver the mail simply individuals capable of acting on their own personal prejudices and predilections? I mean, we're sitting here uh, listening to the left lecture us on police officers telling us how they let their personal feelings interfere in their judgment. You're telling me that other professions are immune from allowing personal feelings from interfering in their judgment? What's to prevent someone who's a Democrat who's delivering your mail, taking all those Republican ballots and just trashing them, operating on the assumption that they're probably mostly for Trump? Or vice versa, a Republican mailman taking all the Democratic ballots and and trashing them. We've discussed this before on this show. Nobody seems to care about it. But as I started to say, I digressed. I just wanted to reiterate about the mail-in ballots. I think people have already come to their conclusion about whether or not they want to choose their candidate based on uh, whether that's going to result in reduced violence by submitting to blackmail. In August, supposedly, polls showed Joe Biden with a big lead in the swing state of Florida. Now Trump is ahead. In 2016, Hillary Clinton beat Trump in Florida in Hispanic voters by 27%. Biden has no such lead. Biden now is behind with Latino voters in Florida. That speaks of a big Trump win in Florida. I think what's happening is people as a whole, decent, hardworking people, and it doesn't matter whether they're white, whether they're black, whether they're Latino, whether they're Asian, whether they're Arabic, whatever they are, anyone who is a hardworking person, they want security. They want to be able to know that their children are safe when they go to school. They want to know that their homes are secure. They want to know that everything is safe and everything is ordered. And they're not going to vote for this sort of anarchy we're seeing in places like Portland and Seattle and Minneapolis. And the citizens there, they're not going to vote for it either, despite the fact that there are current elected officials are uh, subsidizing it and supporting it, the civilians don't want this. And so I think on Election Day, they're going to come out in droves to vote in person for President Donald Trump to make this so big, to make this victory so big that no one can dispute it. No one will be able to dispute it, and no amount of fraudulent ballots are going to change the outcome of the election. That's what I'm hoping is going to happen, and I think that's the way it's shaping up. But I want to get on to a few other topics. Um, I don't have anything major new to report to you on our little core mission about removing de Blasio and Cuomo right now, other than the fact that our group is now growing. I only started it a couple of days ago, and I've been a little bit busy with some other projects, but I've now begun to approve the people that are that are coming in. So we started with nothing, uh, and now we're up to almost 100, and that's after a day or two. And now I see that people I've, I've invited uh, are now inviting dozens of people, so I think it's going to start taking off with sort of a geometric progression. 
and we'll be posting links to our podcast on that page, so people on that group, so people will be able to get updates by listening to the podcast as, as to what we're going to do. And when we get sufficient numbers, we'll be planning some rallies uh, to demonstrate against the governor and the mayor uh, and get them investigated, especially the governor, for what he did with the nursing home scandal. He has the blood of thousands of New Yorkers on his hands. There's no getting around that. Uh, we discussed that in a show last week. The Wall Street Journal did a big article claiming how Cuomo wanted, not claiming rather, more, more like pointing out that Cuomo wanted total authority and had everything his way. He unilaterally ran the state's COVID response, so he has to take responsibility for the shortcomings, and there have been many. But we do have some updates on offshoots of problems that are happening happening as a result of this ridiculous state action. There's a young man, you may soon know his name. His name is Maverick Stowe. He was arrested today. Uh, why was it, was it yesterday? Let's look here. No, this was published five days ago. So uh, I, was, I looked at the, just come up on my feed today, but a few days ago, last week. Maverick Stowe. Maverick Stowe is a 17-year-old high school student. He attends William Floyd High School in Mastic Beach, New York. Uh, last Thursday morning, he was held at the 7th Precinct in Shirley, New York. Uh, why? Well, here's what happened. Maverick was arrested for going to school. That's right. It was a day when he was supposed to be doing remote learning, and he went to school. Now, He's been engaged in a protest against his virtual learning. The school district has said that the high school will be on virtual, uh, virtual learning for the foreseeable future for all 3,000 students. They categorize his behavior of wanting to go to school as irresponsible and selfish, calling it a publicity stunt. Now, apparently... He went to school earlier in the week, was given a five-day suspension, and came to school again on Wednesday, prompting a police response. So when he showed up at school again in the morning, despite his suspension and his continued display of insubordinate behavior, even at one point it says here, squaring up to a district official. I don't think these district officials know how to square up. He had him call the police to forcibly remove him from the school grounds. They say he wore a neon green shirt to attract attention. Look, my son wears a neon green shirt when he goes to school. But is this really what it has to come to, that students who really do want to go to school and need to go to school have to become embroiled in conflicts? They have to become pawns in this tug of war between the public and this this would-be emperor up in Albany that thinks he knows better than anyone. He doesn't know Jack. Hard to find people dumber than the Cuomos. Andrew Cuomo and his stupid brother Fredo on CNN. Hard to find dumber people than that. Than that. And this is what it comes to. Because we have a kid that wants to go to school, and now they're accusing him of just flagrantly violent. Why is he selfish? He's selfish because he wants to go to school? The teachers aren't selfish because they want to get full pay but not have to do full work. They're not selfish, though. But the kid is selfish because he wants to go to school. 
This is the type of nonsense that you're, that you're dealing with. Now, I want to hit one other little tidbit. Uh, we're not doing a very, very lengthy show today, but these are things that you may not have come across. Uh, I found it hard even to come across an article in the, uh, a big conservative paper like the Wall Street Journal on this. This has to do with our good friend, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, that liberal lunatic who governs California. He signed into law legislation changing the state's sex offender law to allow judges to have a say on whether to list someone as a sex offender for having oral or anal sex with a minor. Now, this bill expands the discretion that apparently was already given to judges in California to decide if a man should be on a California sex offender registry. But the existing discretion had applied only to a man who had vaginal intercourse with a woman. The legislation Newsom signed on Friday permits judges to use the same discretion when the cases involve voluntary oral or anal sex. Now, the law previously in place in this state gave judges the authority to decide whether a man should be placed on the sex registry list if he had voluntarily had uh, intercourse with someone 14 to 17 years old and was no more than 10 years older than that person. So that means someone who was 24 could legally have sex with someone who was 14. This is ridiculous. Under 14, uh, they drew the line, but 14 was okay. Now, it, doesn't, it isn't hard to figure out what's going on here, and they come out and say it. State Senator Scott Weiner. Why is, is everybody named Weiner a lunatic, like the guy we had here in New York? No, no secret here. Scott Weiner, a Democrat. I'd like to know what side of the dish he bats from. He introduced, a, he introduced the bill, and the purpose of the bill is to end blatant discrimination against the LGBTQ youth in California by treating them the exact same way that straight young people have been treated since 1944. So this is another illustration, ladies and gentlemen, I'm trying to show you about the difference, the cultural divide, the moral divide between the right and the left in this country, how ultra-left they've gone. You could see why you would need a change in the law, but the change is not being contemplated here that is one that we would all agree with. Instead of the change being contemplated uh, being maybe we should get rid of this ridiculous discretion that judges have about whether or not they want to place a 24-year-old man on a sex offender list who has sex with a 14-year-old girl. No. In the perverted left coast of California, what's fair to them is, listen, if we're going to let Straight men engage in pedophilia by engaging in sex with underage girls, then by God, we should be allowed to engage in pedophilia with underage boys. Let's put us all on the same page. This is the perversion that passes for studied legislation and government administration in the state of California. Is it any wonder why the state is in a world of hurt? both financially and culturally, and while people are fleeing it, just as people are fleeing New York, this really puts it on the map. When you see things like T. 
teenage boys being arrested for attempting to go to school and protesting the fact that they have to remotely learn. When you see a governor of the most populous state in this country expanding pedophilia so that it fairly encompasses the gay community and the lesbian community just as it does the straight community, you see that the lunatics are running the asylum and the world is upside down. And it's about time it was righted. And the only way to do that is to ensure that we expunge people like Andrew Cuomo, Bill de Blasio, and Gavin Newsom, and that we reelect the only man who's standing between us and anarchy. And that is our president, Donald Trump, a man who is about, in my opinion, to earn the Nobel Peace Prize. Well, he's already earned it. I think he may very well get it with his historic agreement that he signed today between some Arab countries and Israel, Bahrain, I mean, among others, and there's more in the pike. This guy has done more in the three and a half years that he's been president while simultaneously fighting off these BS allegations that have no basis in fact, no evidence, and was opposed by Congress for the first year and a half when they actually started to buy into this themselves until the hearings got underway and they realized many of the Republicans did that it was all garbage. That's what you got going on. And lastly, before we go, uh, I'd like to leave you with a thought. You know, I had a lot of friends in the NYPD. Um, I know how things work in law enforcement, especially in the New York City Police Department. The pendulum of accountability swings high. If you ever showed up to a department hearing on any allegation against a police officer, and they asked you for your memo book or your, I guess now their department-issued cell phones, and uh, you told them you don't have it, you ripped it up, or you wiped your device, you'd get charges and specifications for obstructing and covering up evidence. We spent 30-some-odd million dollars investigating the president for something that never happened, this Russia hoax, and now we learn that the agents, the prosecutors in Mueller's team, when they turned in their government-issued devices, had them all wiped or damaged so that they couldn't be examined by Durham in his probe of corruption in that investigation. And nothing is being said about it. The mainstream media has nothing to say about it. Could you imagine if President Trump and his team turned in government-issued devices and they wiped them all out? You wouldn't hear the end of it. This is the double standard we're having. So keep the faith. Keep listening. Please subscribe. And make sure you get in that voting booth on November 3rd. I'm going to be hitting it hard every day between now and November 3rd. Vote for our president and encourage everyone you know to do so if you value what we used to call the American way of life. For National Preview Online, I'm Jamie Dury.